Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective. You're here with me, your host, Lord Wonder, and once again, I'm joined by my bestest buddy in the whole world, Simon Bad. Thank you for having me. Um, I got a new nickname for you too. See, because I figured out who you are and why Woody Allen fans hate you, even though you're the only person talking about Woody Allen. Period, <laughs> at least online. <laughs> what is it? You're you're the Grinch of Woody Allen movies. That's what you are. I'm a joyless Grinch. Grinch. I'm the Grinch. Okay. We're going for another lovely discussion, guys, because uh, it looks like me and Simon are going to agree to disagree or just completely disagree. But before we get to that one, last time on the Woody Allen retrospective, we actually spoke about a non-directed Woody Allen movie, but I say he secretly wrote it. That is picking up the pieces from the year 2000. If you're on YouTube, I'll put a link in the top right-hand corner to go back to that discussion. And as always... There's a playlist to every other Woody Allen movie so far. We are running through the retrospective and we're getting to the end goal. We're in the 2000s right now. And guys, do not forget, all of these discussions are spoiler discussions. You need to watch the movies beforehand unless you guys don't care about spoilers. And you just want to hear Simon be comical Tyros, comical no-mans, comical everymans. Because boy, do I get feedback on how undignified we are. Boy, I even got a message about the Ants review that... I swore too much and I wasn't dignified. Guys, you know what? I think Woody Allen said it best himself. I'm going to insert a clip right now of Woody Allen saying how I feel about you guys being so picky about how we f- how we go on about his reviews. If you can't take a joke, go fuck yourself. And there you have it, from Woody Allen himself. So guys, thank you for all the feedback. We really appreciate it. As always, we are going to move on to the next one. And you know what? I think Simon's a bit picky about Woody Allen doing two movies in the same year. But hey, this is one he directed. So Simon, why don't you tell us what this one's about? Okay, can we start the review now? Are there any more surprises? You know, I don't trust you anymore. Because sometimes we, you know, I go on a whole monologue. And then at the end, you just edit it all out and insert some crazy wacky shit. And I'm like, where did all this stuff come from? So I'm just going to go with the flow. I don't know how this movie's going to come out. Or is it even worth me listing you know, what I wanted to list. But anyway. You're talking garbage, by the way. That's bullshit. That's, and you don't even listen to the reviews after I record them. So what are you I, talking I do about? Not, because there's no point. It, it's all fiction. Anyway, don't, don't call it a review. This is a discussion. True. Let's get into it. I don't have anything as exciting as a damn conspiracy theory like you have about who wrote what and who secretly produced what movie. This is more straightforward stuff. The year's oh, 2000. Fuck you. What? I said, fuck you. That's what I said. Fuck you. Go on. See, I don't even know if that's you talking or is that like an audio bite and you went out to grab a sandwich because sometimes that's all I hear from you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's like, are you still there? Fuck you. Okay. Anyway, it's the year 2000, which some say it's 2001. Not like it matters, but let's keep it at 2000. And the movie's called Small Time Crooks, a great title. It, it sounds very classic. It reminded me of Bicycle Thieves, which is one of my, you know, highest rated movies, a little favorite of mine. Sure. And even has a freaking cool poster. I mean, it, basically, Woody Allen is a shadow in disguise. He looks like Batman with a cookie. You know, it's like if Woody Allen was Batman mixed together with Dick Tracy. But of course, he's already 10 years late with those movies. Oh, you know, Simon and Batman, that's how that's his fucking uh, ecstasy. It's aphrodisiac. <laughs> uh, not, not anymore. Not, not that, you know, it's not special. Like now everybody loves Batman. Every I'm Batman. Uh, oh, that's that's half half the nerds on the Internet. You know, 
Batman can do no wrong, even though when, what? How many years? Let's not get sidetracked. Yeah. Anyway, Ben Affleck sucks. Anyway, <laughs> Marfa. Marva. When are we gonna get Ben Affleck in the Woody Allen movie? Because I can't wait for that. We're gonna we're gonna love reviewing that movie. That needs to happen. Yeah, but the twist has to be that uh, his mother has the same name as uh, I don't know Woody somebody Allen. in the movie Woody and, Allen and, and, as, as Woody Allen. Allen. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> it was all it was all part of a conspiracy. Woody Allen needs to do a parody of Batman vs Superman. Yo, I don't think he even watched that movie. No. I don't think he. I don't think Woody is even aware of what's a cinematic universe. He's like, oh, it's just a bunch of dumb movies mashed together. Apologies, guys. I sidetracked Simon. Simon, keep going. Keep going. Go for it. Because you hate this movie. That, that's my problem with you. That's why you're the Grinch. That's why you're postponing the damn introduction. Because you hate this. This is a fun little comedy right here. Woody's return to a pure, lighthearted comedy. Yeah, small-time crooks, as the title suggests. Mm. It's a movie following a couple of small-time crooks, but in a very creative fashion. Woody plays a guy named Ray Winker. Winkler, whatever. Doesn't matter. And he comes out of prison for a minor felony... And his character's introduction is similar to his very first movie. Maybe he felt a little bit nostalgic in the year 2000, a new millennia, right? Good point. You know, I'm talking about, uh, of course, Take the Take Money, the money and Run. Yeah. Yep. Where he's sort of a, an incompetent criminal. He has ambition to do better, and he tries hard, but he always ends up in some sort of dumb situation, either by his own fault or by just plain bad luck. But the real turnaround is uh, Tracy Ullman playing her, his wife. What was her nickname? Her name is Fra- Frances Fox. Frances Fox Winkler. But I think they call her Frenchie in yeah, the movie. that's it. And that's all you need to know. I mean, they're a typical, you know, downtown New York couple. And basically, Woody's character has this kooky plot of they should rent out a pizzeria next to a bank, but not directly next to it. Because him and his boys are going to dig a tunnel and rob the bank without anybody knowing while his wife runs the restaurant, which at that point they don't know what to do with, as a front. And at that point, I agreed with you when you said, oh, this movie sucks. I hate it. I was like, yeah, this is sort of an old school cartoon, something you would see like, I don't know, in Popeye or something. And it's funny, we keep referencing these old school cartoons when we talk about Woody Allen's Mm-hmm. recent movies and this kind of feels like that it's a classic you know let's pull a caper a bunch of guys who either just got out of jail broke out of jail start digging tunnels and and they all feel out of place i mean there's john lovitz playing benny of course he's a chubby bald guy so of course he's going to be called benny there's also michael michael repertor mm-hmm. repaptor we saw him in Mighty Aphrodite being an abusive boyfriend or something. Yeah, uh, that, that guy's a funny guy. He's, he's funny. He, had this, he has his own sitcom, but everybody calls him a wigger. You know, it's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, he made that funny video about the, um, the Charlottesville racist as well. He's like, yo, you motherfuckers with your tiki torches, get laid. Why, why do you have so much free time on a Sunday afternoon? And recently, someone just Nas to say Nas wasn't a real rapper, and he came out defending Nas on Twitter. It was a big thing as well, so... I got respect for him. Like I said it before on the other review that he did the he was the director of the Tribe Called Quest documentary Beats, Rhymes and Life, which he wanted to for call. Real? Yeah. You learn something new every day. I know he was in the that Eddie Murphy movie, uh, where Eddie Murphy was trying to be like a real action hero and that he didn't have that many jokes. He yeah. was the guy who was a sniper and could read lips. Yeah. Anyway, 
Let's not get sidetracked. Of course, he's called Danny. He's a big dumbass, so he's called Danny, and John Lewis is called Benny. So you see where this is going. They're all caricatures. But to me, when I realized that the joke was that these guys are supposed to feel a little bit out of place because they all act like characters from back in the day, but it's the year 2000. And then the whole joke is that when you get these caricatures trying to live up to their stereotypes and actually pull this off in reality, how freaking stupid it is. Like, you think it's easy to dig a tunnel in New York from the basement? I mean, the first thing they do is ha cause a damn leak from a, a pipe running in the wall, of course, with a damn power drill. And that's just day one. And I found that hilarious. I just thought they were super freaking funny. It was funny, Simon. But, you know, everything you're saying is only 25% of the movie, right? Yeah, because that's that's when the best part comes. The, the <laughs> yeah, the best part, really? I, be I beg to differ, but keep going. Because the movie has this giant twist where actually not only does the business take off, which you kind of see coming. You're like, you know, they put all this effort into this stupid robbery plot. Meanwhile, the secondary wife with her, her cover business is the one bringing in the real dough, yeah. But then the movie flips and actually turns into these guys who didn't fit into the picture in the beginning. Now, not fitting into society because they became freaking rich. Yeah. But they're still small-time crooks. Hey? Yes. Yeah. You could call this small-time crook S if you wanted to. And I was still with the movie, even at the point you're at. But my And I'm going to jump in right now. My problem with the movie is all of that fades away. Everything you just mentioned, all of that fades away. And what this movie becomes from near the halfway point to the end it's just about Woody Allen and his wife trying to get into the upper class higher echelons and them not being worthy and that's it and everything before it is just hey, gone there's also a lot of Hugh Grant not acting just basically being himself thank you another plus to the movie of course so all of the other stuff with the bank you don't even see those characters all the other characters are gone all of the characters all of the small time cooks gone is gone and all you've got is Woody Allen's wife trying to become, and I don't even feel sorry for her, she's trying to become a, a social, uh, what do you call it, um, a socialite, whatever, upper class, and she doesn't fit in, and then she pays, and she, it's funny, I like the fact that she actually pays Hugh Grant to actually make it into that, and then that's what the whole movie becomes, and I was just like, what the fuck, I actually thought there was a twist, or, obviously I've seen this movie before, ages ago, and I know this movie split audiences, because again, the movie has such an interest in, beginning with oh let's start out with the highest gone wrong and then oh look at the irony the thing that they didn't even care about actually gives them the riches but you know these guys are small time cooks and they're out of their depth and oh what's going to happen to them you know what's going to happen to them Woody Allen's going to forget about them altogether he's going to forget about all those characters and even himself I'm going to focus more on his wife who doesn't deserve where she is and that's my problem with the movie I kept on waiting for the ball to drop out okay Woody and on the movie is it just going to be about this I know it's just not just going to be about your wife trying to train to be a socialite. But guess what? That's all the movie turns up to fucking be the end. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, Woody, what the fuck happened? Did you fall asleep or something? I was like, all this potential in the beginning with your crew and the silliness. And it just turned into your wife training to be a socialite. And then she obviously gets duped by Hugh Grant, which is so, got no charisma. No, no, no. He, he basically, this is how his marriage went down in real life as well so he really didn't have to do much in this movie just be himself and basically show up on set yeah and he was coming off Notting Hill I mean he was coming off like the height of his career people always wanted him and 
you know, he had that movie with Sandra Bullock as well. Was it Nine Nine Lives or Nine Whatever? I mean, he was rising the ranks, even though he's a romantic comedy guy. Look, man, my problem with the movie is very... I said this, I alluded to this anyway. The movie started out being one thing, had a lot of potential, was very funny, and actually a big part of the movie I actually loved was when they had this, again, a mockumentary. There was this whole part where they were being interviewed like a television show. Like, how did you, how did you rise? And basically, it's like... I actually thought this, this is what I thought. I thought the subtext of this movie is that these corporations like McDonald's or these mom and pops companies, they come from humble beginnings, but the truth was they're really crooks. Like they wanted to, even that movie, The Founder, is all about how the guy, you know, there was this guy trying to shaft the real owners into getting the business. And that's how a lot of these businesses, they were, they were pretending to be one thing where they were really another, but that's how they rose to fame. And I thought, oh, that's a very clever subversion. I see what you're doing with you, Alan. But then he just forgets all of that, forgets about the company and just focuses on him and his wife and them becoming split apart. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? That's my problem with the movie. To me, Woody Allen fell asleep at the wheel, forgot about the subplot of his other cast. Can you not see my frustration, Simon? Did you not see that or am I missing something? Did this movie just not turn into some generic shit at the end or is it just me? It's just you. (laughs) Explain yourself. What? Why did I explain myself? The movie speaks for itself, motherfucker. You should have watched it better. Is anything I'm saying wrong? You're entitled to your opinion. What can I say? I mean, to me, the movie was consistently funny, and it stayed on point. I mean, the- really? I mean, honestly, you saw the point where it, all the other characters fell apart. They were gone. Yeah, but they were one-note characters. I mean, it, it, you really missed Benny and Denny that much. But was his wife? Did his did his wife and Hugh Grant pick up the stack for the other half of the movie? It's just to me, it was funny how they got all these things in life, and you know, it was a typical. I mean, maybe because you were never dragged to a damn dramatic piano concert when you were eight years old, but trust me, I remember those two and a half hours, and you know, oh, I'm never gonna get you. it back. It was the same, yeah, go on. It, 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 it was just funny to me that she's trying to fit into you know, this what she calls upper class. And it's just all boring stuff. It's just all fake and phony things. It's like, yeah, it's and clever. A, and a, and a funny thing is... Everybody's kind of like a crook. You know, everybody's phony. I think it's funny that Woody Allen's taking poking fun at that because that's his real life as well. He's a socialite. He loves all this shit in the movie he was poking fun at. He loves that shit. He's a fucking musician himself. He does this shit. He loves fine art. He loves that kind of stuff. I, I know. I, and, and you were right. The, one of the best parts of the movie was that mockumentary because it was very 90s. He looked like a guy from the, the you know, the television shop. You know, when somebody came out in a, it, it's very 90s. Somebody came out in a blue suit with a, like a big yellow shirt with a yellow tie and started talking about like, we're the fastest growing company in America by now. Special made homemade bakery cookie powder instant magic 2000. Yeah, if you order in the next 30 minutes, you will get an extra pack of the soft chocolate derived cream 3000 white chocolate. But by that point, I got the point. I got it. You know, I think we all got the point by that point. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing, they don't anticipate their money, they're silly, they're superficial, they don't know how to really be rich. I got the point, and they just belabored that point. It, it didn't, it just it wore out as welcome, and I'm really surprised. You still found it funny throughout because the the jokes weren't any better than that, and they lost all the other characters. You said were the other characters any good? They weren't much better, but they were gone, and it was just focused on Woody Allen and his wife, and they were not that. They never got any funnier than up to that documentary part. Then after that, they were just rehashing the same jokes to the very end. There was no twist at the end. They lost everything, which is predictable, and they made up. I I just didn't care. I was like. 
this isn't funny. There was a heist movie element at the end, a little heist, a little bit of excitement, huh? That wasn't a heist. Are you joking? Where Woody Allen wants to swap the diamonds out of the, out of the to steal, he's trying to steal the necklace from the old woman. He doesn't even know which one to fake. Well, that was yeah. humorous, but it wasn't a heist. That was just dumb. Okay. So it was your opinion, motherfucker. Of course it's my opinion, but I'm, so, you know, the last two reviews that I, I'm like, Sam is more critical than me on these things. And now he's forgiven or less forgiven like the last movie we spoke about, picking up the pieces, where they're attacking religion head to toe. I thought you'd find that hilarious. Then you're like, meh, I can't believe you, man. Well, I don't know, because I know people like that, like these high society schmucks who pretend to know everything, don't know nothing. I think I thought that was funny and very accurate. And I thought Hugh Grant was on point as well. And he, in his own way, nailed it, that he's just a crook as well. Everybody's a freaking crook. Yeah. It's just, you, you know, one section of society gets blamed for it and the other one is forgiven. But they're all small-time crooks at the end. We're, we're the message of, you know, money doesn't make you happy is a little bit too romantic. You know, you, you miss Woody's pessimism and realism in that because that's not exactly true. And he knows it himself because, like you said, he enjoys all these things in his actual real life. He's not keen to going back to eating cheeseburgers all day. Yeah. But there is something to be said for trying to fake to be something you're not and worrying too much about what other people think, which is certainly something Woody Allen doesn't do at all. So that's something to take away from the movie, and that's a good lesson. And they don't exactly end up poor because uh, Foxy, you know, uh, Frenchie, her last, na- her last name is Fox. And her nickname is Frenchie. Frenchie pulls a caper herself at the end of the movie and kind of turns things around for them a little bit. Caper is a stretch. So, yeah, I, I just thought it was just entertaining. It's just a fun little movie. I mean, it's not his best by any stretch of the imagination but it was more entertaining than the last two i can't believe it man I don't look i just want to clarify this i think me and you are in agreement with what's good about the movie i'm just surprised the jokes didn't wear thin for you like you found it consistently funny what i just thought by halfway it made all the jokes and it was repeating the same jokes throughout and usually i thought that would wear thin like last time it felt more fresh in the last movie where they were repeating the same jokes so that I thought it was they had more characters. This time, they got rid of all the characters just focused on Woody and his wife doing the same two jokes, the same jokes. And I was like, is there anything else? Nope, the end. I, that's why I was disappointed with the movie. What can I say? The Grinch. Right there, you know. <laughs> just grumpy. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. To me, the movie was fun. I mean, it's not taking itself too seriously. So why should you? I hate you, Simon. I hate you with a burning... I hate you with the passion of a burning thousand suns. I really do. Especially when I think I know what you're thinking and I don't. God damn you. God damn you to hell. Anyway, so forget about our opinion. A little bit harsh right there. I'm exaggerating, you motherfucker. You know this. I do do know it. I do know it. Forget about our opinions. And let's hear what the other people had to say on Rotten Tomorrow's IMDb. And again, people were very uh, 50-50. Like, people were disappointed by the movie. Uh, what I read on IMDb, and don't just take my word for it, check it out yourself. People felt, uh, same as me, it kind of tapered off halfway through the movie, which I certainly feel. But, you know, you're going to get people who love it or hate it. We've made our opinions clear, and we're not going to belabor the points. I actually thought it was going to be a short review, but it ended up just me ranting on the movie. And the bottom line is, honestly, people just find this movie forgettable. The general, we just think this is a forgettable movie. I like comedy, like you said, and a forgettable one. I just came away disappointed. But again, guys, let us know what you think in the comments down below. And obviously, you're probably going to hate on me, as you always do. And send me more messages about Simon is awesome. And in recent news, Simon, you actually got some feedback from uh, <laughs> from someone on one of our recent reviews. Uh, they actually uh, commented something for baiting for what you said. I'm not even going to bring up what and who it was. 
I just thought it was fun. Great. That's that's terrific. I, you know, your feedback means so much. Yeah. Uh, can you hear this and see it in his voice, guys? All right, let's get the hell out of it. I've had Simon on for long enough. I've actually roasted him quite a bit this movie. I feel bad. For, I, you know, Simon, I apologize for my for my decorum, for my attitude towards you. You know, you know I respect you. You know I love having your opposing opinion on these discussions. I wouldn't do this with anybody else. You know that, right? Great. That That's great as well. Your opinion means a lot to me too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway guys don't <laughs> guys don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you like the playlist if you like our wacky off the wall unworthy discussions on the acclaimed director artist Woody Allen Simon thank you for joining me on this one as usual uh, that's fine that's fine like I said this one was a fun one it was a fun movie you have to be soulless not to enjoy yourself while watching this. Have a cookie, man. Cheer up. Yeah, it was fun talking about it. I can tell you that much. And I'm sure, guys, it was fun listening to it. And if it wasn't, then let us on the comments down below. But onwards and upwards, guys, if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button to join the Tyro Nation, whatever you want to call it. Just become a subscriber. If you listen on the podcast, thanks for checking us out. I'll put links in the description, even if you're just listening. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you on the next recording. Or not.